0: This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit MortarboxMedia.com.
1: Welcome to Madison Story Slam, the podcast where we hear true stories from real people so that we can learn and grow with them. Thanks for tuning in today. If you could do us a favor and hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast app that you're listening on. Also, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts app or iTunes or, again, whatever uh, podcast app you're listening on. That helps a ton. Also, if you want to play a bigger part in what we do, you can check out patreon.com slash madison story slam that link is in the show notes as well on today's episode we've got two great stories uh in the second part of the show we've got jessica regan telling a great story about being on a cruise with her husband but first up we've got david heinen talking about cigarettes and shoes Want to give you a heads up about our upcoming Story Slam uh, live events. February eighth—that's Friday, February eighth—at the McFarland Public Library. Our theme is best date, worst date, and then our regular third Saturday of the month event in February—that's February sixteenth—at February the Wilmar Center. Our theme is scars. All right, that's the business. Here's the podcast, and first up, it's David Heinen.
2: So this is a story of two black shoes. So I stumbled upon these two black shoes, literally. I I tripped over them. I was walking up the hill back to my house. It's a very ramshackle house. I'm living in a tiny little town in Northwest Virginia. I'm I'm working for a summer. I'm living with two friends ramshackle house, we live at the top of the hill walking up the hill, literally trip over the shoes I do that kind of double take where you see something like on your lawn or something that's not supposed to be there and you're like, Is any, are these there's no one there, right, but you you just expect that someone's kind of like looking like candid camera, and I realized like, okay, I don't know what's happening here, it wasn't like a great mystery there were a couple explanations based on my neighborhood why there's a random pair of black flats here um, but uh I don't know what to do. I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? So I take the shoes, I put them on my porch. I'm literally like 10 yards away from my porch. And I figure, like, whoever left these shoes, they'll come back. They'll see them on the porch. Also, if they come back, I'll probably be on the porch waiting there. I'm always on this porch. you got to understand, in this tiny little town in northwest Virginia, this is the Shenandoah Valley. It is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. The Blue Ridge Mountains are framed on the horizon. Very well named, it's literally a blue ridge. This soft shade of blue, beautiful mountains. I'm sitting on, I sit on the porch like every night. I eat my dinner, maybe play my guitar, read my couple pages of Swan's Way or whatever I was reading at the time. And uh, sometimes I would just sit and think and just get lost in the view in the mountains. Because you understand, like, there's these clouds are rushing over when the sun is high. You can see the shadows of the clouds on the mountains. It's just absolutely gorgeous. The porch was, was my sanctuary, right? I absolutely loved it there. It was, it was untouchable. It was inviolable. It was like my cathedral. So I take these shoes, I put them on my porch, and they, like, become a little part of the little porch ecosystem. The most amazing thing happens, over a couple weeks... Nobody touches the shoes. Nobody comes, but this friendly little spider spins a web. Connect. I have them like nestled right next to a column. Right, this little spider spins a web connecting the shoes to the column to the floor, and nobody touches the spider web like for weeks. Like the the very improbability of this spider web, well, there was something so decadent about it. It was incredible. It was almost as if this spider web was like like a wall, like. Just like the porch was untouchable, it was my space. The spider web was never going to be broken. It's just like the future was never going to come and I was always going to be 20 years old and, you know, everything was going to be golden and rich. Foreshadowing, right? It <laughs> wasn't destined to last. So what happened was I had two roommates and they both smoked cigarettes, which is, like, not a big deal. But it was at the time because I was 20 and. I was at the peak of my self-righteousness. <laughs> and it wasn't even so much the fact that they smoked, because even then I was like, some people smoke, some people don't. It was the reason why they smoked. They had stupid reasons. Not going to go into it. But we had talked about it. Like, it was a point of tension in the house. They knew how I felt. I knew how they felt. Like, we weren't going to go through it. I, I didn't want them to smoke in the house. I didn't want the house smelling like smoke. I didn't want to see cigarette butts. They're tacky. So, one day, I'm sitting on the porch doing my usual, you know, routine, I'm like reading or thinking or just on the phone or something, I don't know. And I look over and I see, has, is this, are the two shoes, have they moved? Is the, Oh, on the spider web is broken. I'm looking over, there's something like tan or orange in one of the shoes. Looking, is that like a sock? Is this, it's cigarette butts. Kills me, so, like irks me so bad. Because, right, when you're 20 years old, no one's allowed to mess with your life. Like, your life is your life, nothing's going to change your world. Cue the Beatles song, right? So I'm very upset. What to do, what to do about it, right? I can't talk to my roommates. It's been talked to death. I can't empty the shoe or the cigarette butts. That's way too passive aggressive, right? And like, what would I even tell them? Like, don't, don't sit on the porch at the house where you live. Like, don't, you know, what do I say? So what to do, what to do? I'm thinking, I'm at the farmer's market one day. And along with my produce, the farmer slips in a couple packets of seeds, right? I don't know why, but some sort of promotional thing or something. So there's, I have seeds now, like corn seeds or something. Where should I plant them? I'm planting plants. I'm 20 years old. I'm living in Virginia. It's beautiful. I've got like a basil plant and everything. So I'm sitting on the porch thinking, notice the two shoes. And I, th- I see and I think, there are two shoes, right? Just like there are two sides to the great duality of the universe, right? So, I get to thinking. I get to thinking, and again, when you're 20 years old, everything's very symbolic, right? (laughs) Everything's meaningful, everything's art, you know, with a capital A. So, I take one of the shoes, I don't even touch the hateful, you know, death-filled cigarette butts shoe, the ashtray. I take the other shoe, I fill it up with dirt from under the porch, I plant the seeds a couple inches apart, right? Like, read the instructions and everything. I'm watering the plants, you know, put it back down. Keep watering, you get sprouts. You know, keep watering, a couple weeks pass, you get shoots. All of a sudden, the shoots are like a foot high. And then one day, I look over, and I see these two shoes. One of them's filled with, you know, cigarette butts. The other one has foot-long corn sprouts. And I, I just, it's just so beautiful, right? It's like yin and yang, death and life. And I, I sit there on the porch, you know, fra- mountains framed in the distance, and I just realized that I, at 20 years old, had brought balance to the universe. <laughs> so did my roommates learn their lesson? After I had hit this breaking point and, you know, planted the seeds and everything. Did my roommates learn the lesson looking at these two? I had to throw it in there. Like looking at the seeds and seeing the symbolism or the sprouts or whatever. Did they learn their lesson? Did they internalize it? Did they change their ways? I have no idea. We moved out. I never saw them again. But I will always remember being 20 years old in a tiny little town in northwest Virginia sitting on that porch with these two black shoes. Thank you. Thank you, David.
1: So what you're trying to tell us is you are the one whom the prophecies foretold. You bring balance to the universe. (laughs) Oh, thank you, David, for that great story about how you hate smoking and how shoes just tend to find you. Hey, listeners, I want to let you know that if you don't want to just listen to the podcast, you can find us on YouTube by searching madison story slam also the third saturday of every month we do our live stream video of our events so to check out the live stream video of our story slams go to facebook.com slash madison story slam the third saturday of every month at 7 p.m central time now here's jessica regan
0: Ten years ago, my husband and I took a Mediterranean cruise to celebrate our honeymoon. We did ten days along Italy, France, and Spain. And so this story takes place somewhere in the Mediterranean. And while we were on that cruise, um, which are great by the way, we discovered that if you want a very easy way to travel, maybe not in the most authentic way, but you can really have your entertainment covered and your food covered and your transportation covered and unpack for the week and still be able to experience lots of different places, um, a cruise was a very easy way to travel for a honeymoon. Um, And while we were on there, we wanted to take advantage of some of these entertainment options. There was like a newlywed sort of game show option one night that um, we were really... Jazz to sign up for, because there was an option for um, newlyweds, and then folks who'd been married for five or ten years, and then folks who'd been married for like 20 to 50 years to all be part of this game show, and it seemed like it was right up our alley. Um, but when we went to the room where that was scheduled to take place, we got there very early, expecting to sign up. Um, turns out we went to the Italian-language version instead of the English-language version. So we missed out on the newlywed game show. Um, the next day, we were at, on the pool deck in the afternoon and they had some more games coming up. And we're like, "Well, let's take a look at these." So there was the men's belly flop competition, which was exactly what you would imagine it to be. Like 10 guys signed up and they all did belly flops into the pool on the pool deck and they had their stuff judged and it was like predictable. And then there was a miss biceps competition. And for me, I was like newlywed. I was like, "Well, it'd be Mrs. Biceps for me, but whatever. I'll sign up anyway." Um, Because as I was looking around the pool deck, I was like, "There's no competition here." There, you know. And I've shared before that I, um, you know, grew up a Wisconsin farm girl. Like I've been lifting things my whole life, pushing wheelbarrows and throwing hay bales and all those things. And I still maintained um, some of those pipes even into my, like, early 20s. Um, So I was thinking about signing up for this Miss Biceps competition, and uh, my husband was, I wouldn't say peer-pressuring me, but I'd say lovingly encouraging me to, like, yeah, I should go for it. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, And I saw a few of the women start to sign up, and I was, you know, checking them out. I was like, yeah, there's this... I'm not a competitive person either, by the way, I feel like I should add... (laughs) But um, in, this, in this situation, it was like, this is no contest. Like, of course, I'm going to sign up for this Miss Biceps. So I did. And I went down, and they were starting to give the instructions. The um, cruise tour guide that was leading this program um, also happened to be from Wisconsin, and so I really liked her a lot, and I was glad that she was leading this event. And she was doing the demo, and it was probably set to, the, like, Eye of the Tiger, We're the Champions, or some song like that. And it was like, all right, ladies, here's what you're going to do. You're going to have, like... 30 seconds to be um, flexing your muscles, and then they were going to have this team of judges who had volunteered from the crowd to be judging you on your biceps. Um, And the team of judges I was observing was a group of guys that had come to the pool deck with a large group of the women who had also signed up for this Miss Biceps competition, which is like, all right, I see see what's happening here, but, you know, whatever. Um, And so she had given this demo, and the competition was about to begin... And the music that came on when the first of the women in a group of 10 of us were starting to um, show off their biceps was really different than this, like, pump-up music. Um, It was was very sexy music that they were starting to play. And as the first woman went, I noticed, like, they were showing off everything except for their biceps. And I started to get really uncomfortable because I was in this row of... Um, 10 very beautiful Italian women in their bikinis from the pool deck, and I was starting to realize what was happening here, that we weren't in a competition of, like, brute strength. (laughs) Because if we had been, again, no contest, clear winner... Um, And I started to panic a little bit because this is not what I had signed up for. But what was I going to do? I couldn't just, like, back away from this line of people that were waiting to to show off their biceps. Um, So a few more of the women went, and I was noticing this pattern of, like, okay, so this is how we're dancing, right? Okay. And, um... Not the type of thing I would have signed up for, ever. But again, here we were. So I felt like I had to just do it and make the best of it. So I started to think back into my training. Of, like Sexy dance moves, which I have very little of. I'm not a dancer. I'm very much not a sexy dancer. And I'm very much not a sexy dancer on stage in front of crowds of people. Um, but... But I thought back to a DVD that I had purchased a while back um, from Flirty Girl Fitness, which (laughs) was a way of making fitness perhaps more fun. Um, And there was like a chair dance exercise and there were, you know, exercises you could do with this pole. And of course I had ordered the pole because it went with the kit. (laughs) And I got this package in the mail um, with this DVD and then also this pole and realized like we're in an apartment. We can't go drilling holes in the floor and the ceiling to install an exercise pole. Um, and so I promptly took that back to the post office and this big long cardboard box that said flirty, flirty girl fitness exercise pole um, was something I was so embarrassed to have to explain why I was trying to mail and return. Um, but there were a couple moves that I had seen on that DVD. And I was like, yeah, I could give that a try because I couldn't just repeat what the ladies in front of me were doing. That would be a little bit too uncomfortable. Um, and so for the next 30 seconds when it was my turn, I did the clumsiest, most uncomfortable, most embarrassing um, bicep competition. <laughs> my husband was videotaping the whole damn thing and he could dis- he could sense my discomfort i'm sure and shouted from behind the video camera "way to go honey" <laughs> but even as we had it like each introduced ourselves and where you're from i you know shouted into this microphone i'm jessica from the usa and even then i was like oh god i don't like how that sounded like it was just <laughs> Cringing of just being in this entire situation with this line of beautiful girls dancing on stage essentially for their husbands and partners who were the judges. Um, And so again, one of the most uncomfortable, embarrassing moments of my life. I could have left it in the Mediterranean, but I chose to bring it back and share this with you all today. Um, And since you seem like a very polite crowd and one that's about to clap when I'm finishing my story, um, because I can think of no other way to end this, I would like to um, show off what (laughs) what I believe to be biceps in the Mediterranean that day. Thank you.
1: That was pretty good. Thanks, Jessica. I don't know about the best bicep, but man, (laughs) I was not expecting that story. That was really good. I uh, I uh, watched a lot of Sweatin' to the Oldies myself growing up. Didn't come with a poll though. Hey, big thanks to both David and Jessica for sharing their stories on this episode of Madison Story Slam. want to remind you that we have our upcoming Story Slam events Friday, February 8th at the McFarland Public Library. The theme is... Best date, worst date. So come on out and tell a great story or hear some amazing stories about our best dates and our worst dates. And then on Saturday, February 16th, we resume our regular schedule at the Wilmar Center. The theme is scars and we want to hear your best scar stories, whether it's a physical scar, an emotional scar, whatever you got, we want to hear it. And then on March 16th, that's Saturday, March 16th, again at the Wilmar Center, our theme is courage. And we want to remind you once again that we do live stream all of our live storytelling events. So on the third Saturday of each month, you can tune in at facebook.com slash to see our live events live on video. And We would love to have you there. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. And as always, I love you.